Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, welcome to the soccer show. Footy soccer show. And now I'm going to eat a packy chip. Sorry, a what chip? I just consumed the most spiciest chip in the world. Now let's talk soccer with Danny Dickio, Greg Forrest, James Charmin. It's getting hot yet? Live from Toronto. Is it getting hot? It's pretty hot. <laughs> Dan Wong, he's over there. I'm going to go throw my head in the snow. No, come on, do one more. This is the second hottest chip in the world. Nah. One more for luck. Ghost pepper. Ghost pepper chips. <laughs> oh. Oh, he's struggling over there. Is it really hot? Yep. His eyes look like Meza Ozos. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this party started. Soccer! <laughs> you know what? I think as the show progresses, we should each at some point try one of these chips. What do no, you think? not looking at JC's face right now. Wow, you're in a bad way, right? Yeah, it's like sweating. Oh, of course it does. Go on, Dad. So these are they're one. called Pakwi pack, chips. Um, they're not sponsors yet, um, but we have got space for inventory on this show <laughs> if you want to sponsor us it's the haunted ghost pepper haunted ghost pepper chips i think ghost pepper is like it's not the hottest pepper in the world what's the hottest i think it's like the carolina reaper yes the yes. reaper yeah do you find the older you get you can your, your tolerance for hot food goes down i'm finding that right now and not just that but the 24 hours after the hot food is a fucking disaster <laughs> it is i don't think it's that is it it's just it messes with your gut. It does, like horribly. It's, it's not 24 hours for me. It's about 17 minutes. Oh, you've got, the, you've got the fast metabolism. I am like, it's not healthy. Not healthy. Well, not, not that I do is healthy. You're just not healthy. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I had a tikka masala before we came here. It, it, it was it was a really good one and a really spicy one. Because they're not usually that, that spicy tikka masalas. Not generally. But this one they're was. Mild and I, I, my, I'm sweating as I'm eating it. And my daughter's saying, like, Daddy, what, why are you eating that? I, I can't help myself. It's so good. And my wife's just shaking her head saying, you're an idiot. Because tomorrow, you're going to be a write-off all morning. Yeah. But I couldn't help myself. It was just so delicious. Yeah, there's something about... The spice that don't that makes you want more of it. Yeah. I I want to eat more chips. What happens if you did? What, what what would happen if you did? Is the flavor what good? What would happen if I did? Well, eventually when I had to, uh, well, I don't know. Toilet paper in the freezer. <laughs> Toilet paper in the freezer. Yeah. 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 And now my my the register of my voice has gone way up. Yeah. So soccer. <laughs> soccer. It's a show about soccer. 
I can only do like an American accent when I'm taking the piss out of it like that. Sacker, sacker, sacker. Otherwise, there's no chance. Anyway. You sound like that guy in the zone. Good Which shot one? with your head. How do you guys <laughs> shoot that ball with your head so hard? Who would that be, Dude? I don't know. He does the half time on the zone, like some weird kind of outtakes. Could be us one day. Yeah, could be. I love a good Ruby, unlikely. though. Craig, you must love a good Ruby. Oh, yeah. Huh? Ruby Murray. Yeah, you must love a good curry. Are you kidding? Oh, I can't. I, I can never do the Vindaludo. It was the best food in England. Yeah. It's actually one, considered um, the, one, the, the, the national actually, food as well, right? Fish and chips, right? Or I think the chicken tikka masala, that particular dish, is the most popular dish in England. But there's no comparison between fish and chips, a traditional English fare, and, and a curry, which is now also a traditional English fare. There's no comparison. Right, mm. curry is by far the superior food. Yes, don't you think? Yeah, and curry uh, chips. I need to ask you, when did that happen? Because Danny had a big. He loves his banger, bangers and mash, right? Yep, bangers. Sorry, bangers and bangers. mush. <laughs> bangers bangers and, mash. and mush. I don't know, but mash. Gregor didn't. But when did the Indian influence? No, I like bangers and mash. What did you not like? I don't like the uh, the uh, pie and mash. Pie and mash. With the liquor, liquor, yeah, which is made out of like a parsley cream sauce. Awful, it's good. Awful. Well, in the pie or as, as a side? No, like they drip it on. They pour it all over it. Oh, a little yeah. bit of red blood vinegar, and then maybe side dish of jelly deals as well. Jelly. What deals, does that I mean? mean? Jelly deals. Eels. Jelly eels. 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 Jelly it's, eels. It means exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it's eels. jellied eels. Yeah. Yes. So, Disgusting. They, they do the in sushi. They do unagi, right? Which is barbecued eel. Yeah, oh, it ain't that good. So is but it, it's so barbecue, like that, but it's kind of jellified on the outside, like you know the jelly that our kids eat. Jello. No. Jello. No. Is it yeah. Jello? Yeah. Yeah. We call it jelly in England. You yeah. guys call it Jello here. Yeah. So they put that around the eel. Yeah, but it's more like the jelly from a chicken, up. though, isn't it? Like like the uh, when 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 a chicken the fat jellified. Like you know that aspic <laughs> food. What's aspic? No aspic, idea. It's exactly what you think it is. It's, is it? It's meat inside pick? of jelly. Ass yes. pick. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like that. stuff you pick from yeah. your ass. Yes. It's kind of yes. like that. <laughs> this is not how I thought this show would start today. No. But that was kind of East, uh, East when London, did it, right? Well, when did it happen? I would think it's probably in the 80s, maybe 70s, when, when the, the, the Indian um, infusion into Midlands in particular, right? Is that when, when that began, I would think? I'm guessing. Uh, it basically after Britain, you know, was... Uh, Opened its Destroying doors. Destroying India. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. I'd say late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, could started be. Started coming. No, it was earlier. Maybe before maybe mid-80s. That it was popular, though, that it became... Well, the, the chicken bolty pie, right? We have that, not to plug my, my pie business, <laughs> Sean's Bro Pie, Sean's Bro this year. Um, chicken bolty pie, like that's that's the biggest selling food um, in in English soccer stadiums since, I think, the mid-90s. Yeah. The bolty pie. It's amazing. Especially from Sean's Bro Pies. The curry Sherman's houses in England are, the curry houses in England are pretty dangerous now though. Especially nighttime. Because you get uh, a group of guys going for a, a ruby, as we call it, together, and they'll sink about four to five pints while eating the curry and noshing on um poppadoms and naan bread, soaking it all up, waiting for the vindaloo or whatever it comes out and it just becomes very messy. But it's I wouldn't say it's the number one food to cook at home. It's the, probably the number one takeaway. Mm-hmm. Like takeout, and obviously during present times yeah. as well, 
because of uh, and on every COVID corner there's a it's, good yeah, restaurant, loads. like a good Indian restaurant. Right, they're everywhere. Yeah. May May I? Uh, it's good. Now let me ask you a question. You well, all of you. So I was in Edinburgh and we went to an Indian place and they had no liquor. Well, no, they didn't serve liquor. Like they didn't serve alcohol. But what they did have, and we knew this going in, they'll bring a huge bucket of ice and you bring your own beer or wine or whatever. So I think between four of us when we were there, I think our total bill with like 10 different dishes was about 40 pounds or so. But we were all hammered because we brought in all this side beer. Is that is that a normal thing? Some in the place, UK? yeah. Some places, some bigger places do it, where you you can That's bring your great. own alcohol in. Loved it. But it's also licenses. It's, it's also tradition. Like you go to the pub, and then after the pub, you go for the Indian too, right? Yeah. Afterwards, yeah. yeah. So you're already slaughtered. Or a kebab. <laughs> yeah, kebab. <laughs> Just okay. a mess. On a kebab. Yeah. Shish kebab. Yeah. Do you know what they are, Dan? I know a donor kebab and a shish yeah. kebab. Come on. No, I love Indian food. I just. You guys have always talked about it, especially the number one takeaway. We've talked about that. And, you know, we have so many choices here, but it's always interesting to me when the non-colonials... Non-colonials? Very good. Very good. Took over (laughs) in the fast food space. Like, hey, we're walking up and it's part of the culture where we're going to eat a kebab, we're going to eat a... Do you know what number one was before the Indian takeaway? White people's plaque. Chinese. Nope. Chinese. 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 I'm not going yeah. to be racist. Right no, because there was a name for it. Chinkies. Yeah, the chinky. Yeah. We're, going, we're going for a chinky. That's what it was. Really? Saying. You guys yeah. would use that yeah. word? It's crazy. Oh, and that was quite until quite recent say times. For Italian, they would say, Terrible. we're going for our eye ties. Yeah. Yeah. Which is deemed as racist as well. Yeah. It is. Yeah, for some. Wow, there's some no Italian racism. No, it's all like fun and games. Ties. No? no racism in England. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's just normal. <laughs> I think yeah. I've got to say, if I, I think Indian is probably my favorite food. Actually, if I had a choice of any meal, I could just one meal. My last, my last meal before I die, which <laughs> often might well be an Indian actually. But I think it's actually, probably Indian. Do yeah? you find that people like in Canada too? Generally, there's a lot. Well, there's more people that haven't tried it, or they say they don't like it. And it's like, well, what have you tried? Because curry is just basically different spices. It's like saying so, I don't like beer. You can't say you don't like beer. There's so many different varieties of beer. Right. You might not like Guinness, but you're going to like a lager or you yeah, know, whatever. Right. Exactly. It's the umbrella. Yeah. It's the umbrella. And beneath the umbrella so, and they, is all like the deliciousness. Spice. Well, but that, chicken is not that was England as well, Craig. And I only found out when I came back from Italy and I moved up to Sunderland. And basically, they, they were so in their own cocoon there that... A lot of them had never been out of the northeast, let alone England, on a vacation. But a lot of them would stick to like meat and two veg or pie or whatever it is. You you spoke spoke about having a Chinese or an Indian takeaway. It was like you shot their mother. Like <laughs> no chance. Really? Like why would I want to do that? Like well to like broaden your. Horizon and your taste buds. You garlic eater. Awesome. You garlic yeah. eater, you. You put you put salt on that? It's ketchup. <laughs> Red sauce. Um, speaking of death, we had a great email. Came in uh, about a week or so ago. <laughs> um, it, was, it was targeted towards Craig, actually. Martin C., 
Oh, that's nice. Um, Real Martin Cena. I, I don't think he listens to us, but he, he heard Craig's name somewhere. Obviously not. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you hear the tweet, you understand. So what it says is, uh, I honestly am delighted to find out from my pal, Nick J. Webb, that Craig Forrest is alive and well. <laughs> For years, I thought the worst. I think I must have misheard a news report. The Groover from Vancouver was always a legend in the sticks at West Ham. Groover from, from Vancouver. Vancouver. Was that what you known as? Oh, yeah. I never heard that before. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. So Martin C. thought you were dead all these years. Yeah. So I, <laughs> so I tweeted back, I'm delighted that you're delighted. <laughs> you're West Ham? West you know, Ham? I, yeah. just, I just had a nap, and I woke up, and I was kind of like, you know, I was like, am I, am I fucking actually dead? <laughs> could be. Could, this could be hell. Right? Well, yeah, that's true. Your Maybe. ball's gone, and yeah, that's right. You're like sitting Everything's around, going, gone. "There's something messed up." Everything is well, gone. we were just talking yeah. about this. Craig was saying that he thinks maybe he sold his soul at some point. Yeah, and I, I concur, thinking that I think most professional athletes did sell their souls, like rock stars. You had no idea what it's like to be normal until you hit. Yeah, I think I, I retirement I think I sold age. My soul somewhere way back. I said, "Okay, well, you can be a professional soccer player. You can do you live your dream. You can do all that." But when you get to a certain age, you're gonna we're gonna fuck with you. Do you play a fiddle, Charlie Daniels band? What? Devil came down to Georgia and he was looking for a deal to steal. <laughs> like, did, who would you have sold your? What did you do when you were six? I don't Ch- know. Ch- trade a hockey card. I don't know. Yeah, at what point would Somewhere you have sold? Was it a six or would it have been just before you signed your first contract? Yeah. When? When? What point did you sell your soul? Do you think? I don't know. And, and what age is, is a responsible age to sell your soul? I think six is too young. But 15, 16, you're old enough. You can't quite vote, but you can sell your soul. Yeah. There's also an argument that a lot of athletes don't have souls. <laughs> That's a very good point, Deech. Soulless. If I was going to bet about one footballer in this room that didn't have a soul. <laughs> you mean the one that, that <laughs> tweeted out? Who did he hate? Where's the one here? Who did he hate last week? Who oh, was everyone, there? wasn't it? It was uh, Robbie Savage he hated. But... Robbie Savage. That was a... He's in there. Bobby Savage. He's in the bathroom. Go was, get him. I'm, I won't get decent trouble here, but just to kind of talk about who's soulless in this room. Just, uh, where is it? I won't get you in shit, don't worry. I'm fed up with bollocks, not the bollocks that goes with it. <laughs> that's, that's on, on the uh, Footy Prime Dark Web, that's what Deech wrote about an hour and a half ago. I'm fed up with bollocks and all the bollocks that goes with it. <laughs> you know what? It's been a difficult week, more. fellas. <laughs> I'm sure everybody listening right now is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. We're all sick of the bollocks. bollocks. And the bollocks that goes with it. And it yeah. Or bollock, in your case. You guys, you know, that's really hurtful. No need for, no need for that, Shams. Yeah, that's right. I think we crossed that bridge last time, I think, oh, yeah. somehow. We've got his ball in his garage somewhere. I can cross my legs now, like this. I cross my leg and with only one ball. It's more, more, more comfortable. Easier? Yeah. Less tangling. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, kind of adjust or anything. Mm, that's true, actually. The detangler. I did notice that. <laughs> the detangler from Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, that's better than the groover. <laughs> The detangler. <laughs> we should record on Fridays more often. Oh, we really should. Yeah, it's a beer. Let's try one of these uh, ghost chips. I'm gonna try one. Are you gonna try? I'm gonna try one. Yeah. Good. I mean, I've got. A, I'm primed with the. Uh, you crazy man. curry, right? It's not as bad as you think. No, it's Is not. It, no. Did you have one? Yeah. You oh, do it once. You? you do one whole, right? Yeah. Don't smell it. Put it near your nose or wipe your eyes. Mm. 
Oh, if you're wondering what that noise was, that was Craig sucking on a uh, vape. Any good chumps? So far, so good. But I think it's in the mail. Yeah. It's delayed, right? It's kicking delayed in. Delayed reaction. <laughs> wow. Wow, they're not that hot. No, 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 oh, yeah, there it is. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it that's is. Got some, that's got some kick to it, hasn't it? It's pretty good, though. It's nice. I mean, that'll tear the insides <laughs> right through. It's like wallpaper stripper. Help. That'll push that uh, masa, that madras right through. <laughs> Ticket masala hasn't got a masala, chance. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Um, poor old Frank Lampard had no chance either. Which? The inevitable happened. He was fired. This past thought he week, might of course. Buy a little more time because you thought, you know, the legend of Frank Lampard, his relationship with Abramovich. No. No. Ruthless. Same as the rest. Now, is it is it because Thomas Tuchel was sitting there available, a proven manager, a good manager, and had to jump on the board? Or, or was Frank just, just the wrong choice to begin with and, and had no choice? But Christ, that's hot now. In, any, in, any manager at that club that goes at a spell and hasn't done well in the past has got fired. It's crazy the amount of money they must be paying to ex- Managers, head coaches, there are. They must still off. be paying. Big Phil Scalari. <laughs> Big Phil's still getting wedged in. But no, I'm like you, Craig. I thought they would give him a little bit more time. He was always going to have a rough patch. They gave him a little bit of. Um, There's some big changes there. Yeah. Gave him some leniency last year because they were under that transfer embargo and he, he had to bring a lot of the young kids through and a lot of the academy players that came through. Were suddenly now being spoken of like as a hundred million pound players, Hudson Adoy, you know Mason Mount. These are kids that not kids. Well, they are kids that he bought through, trusted them, and they played reasonably well. They still finished fourth, I think, last year. Was yeah, it? So I think they uh, they played above themselves last year. He did a good job. Fight for Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Champions League. That league Champions League. Dilly dong, dilly dong. We're hard. talking about Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> how competitive that league is and how good teams are. And they're not that far off the fourth spot they're, now. Not that yeah, far exactly. off. Exactly. They it's, were top. Like six weeks ago, they were first. Yeah. Everybody was singing the praises. And, and at that time, I think they were after uh, Ole at Man United. And yeah. now it's yeah, completely reversed. The press, the press play a major part. Oh, on, and social media. On social media, the, and who wants when the fans the start coach out? On social media it's, it's crazy. But right? did the fans want Frank out? I mean, he's still revered there by the fan base. I mean, I think didn't most fans they would have given him more time, wouldn't they? Yes, I I, I think that would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it's I, not I, an instant I, fix. You just can't. You just it's no. Not just down to the manager, and, and not to mention their their transfer structure. There is, you know, he hasn't got much say. He's got some say, but they have the. Oh, uh, is it Maria Gavaskaya? I think yeah. I forget her name now. Yeah. And the rumors are the players that he wanted in particular, they didn't get Declan Rice being one. And that they went out and got these other good, good, good young players, spent a lot of money, but they weren't necessarily Frank Don't Lampard's choices. Don't touch Declan Rice. <laughs> Leave <laughs> him to work. Finish he up belongs. Chelsea this year, West Ham. My West Ham mate's flying at the moment because we give him pelters all year. Who? My buddy in, in England. Oh. Flinty. Call him Flinty. I mean, really, can. Nobody could have. They call him Moise the Moisaya. <laughs> Jesus, that's a stretch. <laughs> uh, the Moisaya. Wow. But get, going back to Frank, I think I, I honestly feel that it was a job too soon for him. 
I would like to have seen him stay at Derby or mm-hmm. or maybe like come in to a big club or even with the England set up and be an assistant for a little bit while longer. So what is the right route then? The right route for a player? Forget a star player, a player. I mean, obviously Frank and, you know, Scott Park, you could talk about too, getting a pretty good job. To, I mean, Chelsea's a huge job, obviously, straight away. Is it better to assist in a top club or to manage a smaller club or do both? I think if you can do both, that is the right way. There's always going to be outliers that go straight into a job and bang, they're winning. But not many though. No. But you look at Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola done the like the groundwork in Barcelona B for a while. But then he walked into a team with Leo Messi and yeah, Andres Iniesta and, and Javi. I mean, Jesus, Alan Kilbushy could win a triple triple there. team because the other guy got fired. Right. So that means they weren't doing very well for one reason or the other. But I just uh, again, generally, you don't see a, a big turn either way when a manager changes. Yeah, over it, a period of time, they 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 will end up where they they should and, be. And you're bringing Frank in, who understands the culture of the club. They want to bring some identity back to Chelsea. What a cop out that is! Don't you think? When yeah, I hear that, and it's, and it's just like for me, he knows the club. He knows the the owner. He knows everyone around the place. So bringing new players in, for me, is is a great fit for what they're trying to do. So maybe they, they should have brought Frank in at a later time as an assistant, yeah. even like John Terry. Those guys know the club, but they need to they need to learn further the understanding of being a head coach. They know what it is to be a top elite player. They were both yeah, top but elite you could, players. You could say that and, that, and you could go, okay, well, that's probably sounds reasonable but he's done you remember like Rainieri was there and Scolari and Grant yeah. and, like he's done this to everybody these are established guys it's just as simple as a manager having a bad spell Mourinho has been and most of those guys twice. won something at least and then we're still canned like the Di Matteo right. Di Matteo Champions League that was like he was that was his he was obsessed with Brambovich for that did Abramovich come out with a, a quote or comment this week, Craig, because I was I was reading a little bit that he doesn't usually come out when a head coach is let go or fired, but he came out for Frank. Oh, did he? There was yeah. a club statement, I think, and it was was it not signed by him, right? Yeah, just the usual though, saying you know we we thank Frank for what he did and we respect him so much for what he's done for us as a player and a manager, and yeah. but we felt it's in the best interests to to change manager. But yeah, he, he did come out and he say that. Out, I think yeah. it was. I think it was under really his hand. Comes out and says anything. Yeah, yeah. There's obviously respect there, and and but it was always going to be an uphill struggle for a young manager with that kind of uh, responsibility to to basically rebuild a famous football club with little experience. You'll get the job but, again at Chelsea in ten years or something like that. But it, but it's fun. That, but they knew what they were getting, right? Didn't they? Yeah. You, you would have thought they knew what they were getting, and they had to grow with the manager. We discussed this in last week's pod. Right, they had to give him time because why else would you hire him otherwise if you're not going to give the guy time? Well, I don't think, as Craig said, Chelsea give coaches time. I'd like to know no. who the longest-serving coach under Abramovich's reign is. It's probably Josie the first so time around, Mourinho, right? Okay, yeah. where was I? Don't usually do this, but I did a little research. Really? <laughs> wow. Where did your? Where did he? What number? Uh, there were eleven managers hired under Abramovich. Where, how long was, uh, what number did he rank as far as his reign? Okay. Well, he was longer than Scolari. He was longer than Ancelotti. Longer than Hiddink twice, because they're interim, right? 
longer than Di Grant Di Matteo. It may be. Sorry. Uh, yep. Sorry. Um, Costa. Ancelotti. Conte, sorry. I mean, Conte, sorry. Conte was longer than Ancelotti Lamp. was only like two and a bit. Was it two and a bit, though? Was it that long? Was really so he fast. was 18 was months. Rainieri, he was the first what, one. Was he? Where did he rank? I'm going to say he's third behind Conte and, so and, and Jose. He oh, was, was the he? fifth out of the fifth shortest reign. Fifth shortest, fifth shortest out of 11. Yeah. So yeah. who were the... Uh, God. No, no. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so he's right Footy pride, please. He's kind of right in the middle there. Yeah, but, you know, they make it sound... This is the reason why I did the research. They made it sound like he didn't have a chance. And Charms <laughs> is... And look, I, Charms is backing him up, but Ditch is always going, you know, yes, they knew what they were going to get. And this happens on any professional sports. He wasn't ready. And some guys... They're, look at Nick Nurse. I know I'm throwing basketball. First year, 905, British League. The guy put together a team and said, defense is going to win this. Right? Yeah. Gerard didn't get get it done. Lampard. 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 Sorry, Lampard. Gerard struggled as, uh, yeah. first at Rangers as well. And now he's going to win the league by, uh, mm-hmm. by Alicante, right? I, I can only speak from my own experience, okay? So when I assisted Dasso at Toronto FC, so I just finished playing. And as a player, you're kind of not pig-headed. You're a little bit ignorant to what actually goes in to the other side of the game rather than just turning up for training and listening to the coach a little bit. You don't really understand the planning, the prep um, that goes on for a head coach and his staff. So for me, helping Des, I actually feel guilty because I was trying to assist us in the best way I, I could, but I wasn't of any real assistance to him. I could speak to the players and be What, what was your responsibility? What was your role? Was his assistant coach. No, I know, but like, obviously in some capacities, you'll be doing training sessions. Did you you'll take be, the daily training sessions or did he? We, we both did it, but he was the main guy in taking the majority of it. And I would take finishing or we'd do it full stuff, but there's so much into just even taking segments of training on the training field. It's the management of players. It's the understanding of what goes on behind the, the scenes, the, the working with the team manager who's building the travel schedule and stuff like that. There's such a, a huge amount of pressure on these head coaches now because it's it's such a big money game now for, for all these teams to be in the Premier League or Serie A or wherever it is. Yeah. That's one thing MLS has that they don't have. There's no relegation. Yeah, so that there's no pressure sh- that on that. change the longevity of coaches. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because what worst case scenario, you come back next year with a great draft pick. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, in, not so much in soccer. The draft pick is in the no, it's big not, deal, no, but no. in other sports, it's a it's a massive deal. But Frank will brush. Yeah, you want to? You could if it's a big year yep. and you got to. Would you recommend Scotland? Zion Williams for, for a coach. I mean, you say Gerard, right? Struggled at first, but now he's going to win the Scottish League, right? And he's going to you know usurp Celtic before they win ten but straight. Did he struggle at first, or was it just a, a case yeah, of well, him just? It wasn't know? so much a struggle. Celtic were a very very good team, right? Nine in a row. Brendan Rodgers was there still, I think. Uh, yep. Might yep. have been, yeah, for a little bit. And he just he inherited a pretty bad team as well. He's Very been there for a couple job. of years now, right? So now, Yeah, he's like two and a half years now. Yeah. So, what's, their, what's their finances like now? Rangers? Yeah. 
Are they able to? I mean, they're obviously able to compete now. So I don't think you're able to compete as not in a club like for going in to spend 10, 15, 20 million on three or four players. They bought a lot of guys up from England that were either reserves or on, on the fringes of the first team. And they've done pretty well. That takes good scouting. Yeah, so he's got so good staff there. Frank should go to Celtic. That's the and then you got yeah. then you got Frank against Stevie again, Gerard Lampard. Can you operate in the same league together? <laughs> It'd be amazing. Everybody Frank? that goes up there he coaches Celtic, he gets a big job. Yeah, but it's a great job to get because you're going to win something. Yeah, and you look great. And you look great. Yeah. Look at Rogers, and you get yeah. a job at Leicester. It's amazing. And then- it doesn't matter what league you're in. <laughs> well, you know what? That taking a lesser job, I mean, that was... That was a risky... Uh- that was a risky job. Like, it's not the, you know, the massive, you know, it's not the United's Arsenal's or anything like that. And and they've won the league and a lot of pressure there. Do you think that he still, this is Rogers, do, do you think he still aspires to coach a top, top club, and that's taken nothing from Leicester, who might, who knows, win it this year, but you know what I mean, a big, rich club. He's been in yes. Liverpool. Yes. He, he would jump at the I chance at an Arsenal. Chelsea job. Chelsea. Because that's where he kind of yeah, worked. Under, um, under Jose, right? Mourinho, yeah. He'd be perfect for like an Arsenal as well. Because of his philosophy and the way he yeah, plays. Uh, yeah, but he needs players of character. There's not enough characters character. at Arsenal. Fucking character. That's what he says. Fucking He's sure. a wonderful young man. At the moment, anybody touches Arsenal. Ah, yeah. they're playing well. They, 16 points they got out of the last 18 now. Hey, on the footy prime dark web, that John Terry uh, little meme. Who threw that at? Which one was that? That someone was waiting at home for. Oh, Frank Lambert. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was already waiting with his wife, yeah. all rosy cheeked. Yep. He couldn't figure out how he knew already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. Uh, adultery humor. It's funny. Oh. So good. <laughs> yeah, but John Terry, come on, man. But that's a guy that's doing it right. Like you said at Aston Villa, learning, you know, his trade. Yeah. And he'll get a big Sleeping job at some point. With other wives up there. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you wouldn't leave your missus with him, would you? Alone? Jeez. Craig no said he didn't like somebody. He said he was fine, didn't like people. I mean, no, liked I didn't everybody. Say, I just said, he said I just, you wouldn't John leave your Terry. girlfriend or wife with him. You wouldn't. In fairness, there's, there's a history there. What's the deal with that guy? He looks like uh, he'd been punched by about a thousand potatoes. Mm-hmm. You know the story. He slept with his best friend's wife. Yeah. Was Wayne Bridges' best friend? His teammate. Best friend? Best friend? Yeah, they were best friends. Were they besties? Right? In the sixth episode of Dan Traveling Around the World. <laughs> Things happen <laughs> with your best friend's wife. It's great. <laughs> In, in, inconspicuous. No, yeah, that's no, not the word. You're like, wait, which one? Dan's like, which one? Intrusive. Was, was she pretty? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, Dan? Okay. Another, another adventure with Dan. Fantastic. Dan's the second guy I know that I wouldn't leave by. <laughs> no, there's no. I, I, you met my, my wife once, and that's the, that's, it won't be a second time. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't listened to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? She hasn't even noticed on TV for 20 years. She has no idea. Money would appear the account each, in the account each month, and like, oh, guess James is working somewhere. Right. She had no clue. No. no clue. There was just a paycheck coming in. <laughs> yeah. Make another pie, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the record, I'm the bitch in that scenario, right? Yes. Rogers forgot her. Absolutely. Didn't they, Rogers, they're saying they're like hiring 100 people. Yeah, I saw that. Wow. Nothing to do with football, though, no, apparently. I looked at, I was like, well, look, soccer analyst. I was like flipping it down. And, no. I'm, I'm glad that there wasn't, though, because if there was, it'd be even more depressing, because we wouldn't get that job either. 
<laughs> Looking for a soccer host and analyst, and we wouldn't get an interview. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not creative, creative enough, you two. Nope, yeah. nope. Um, where are we? Uh, yes, yeah, so Tuchel comes in at Chelsea now. We're recording this Friday night. Um, by the time you hear this, they may play the second match. Nil nil from the first match. Some fans are already calling for his head. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them tweets. <laughs> Tuchel has been released from his duties at Chelsea because he drew with Wolves zero zero. They wouldn't bet against it, Abramovich. Wouldn't bet against <laughs> yeah. it. When you when you ruthless. when you get a new manager into your club though, I mean, what's the first thing he generally does? Is it just to sit down with you and get to know you, or is it straight onto the field? Let's just get through this first game. Is is it like a a trend that the first the manager does straight away? Some some guys are different. So you know what? I, I actually didn't play for a lot of clubs that got rid of their managers, which could be a good thing. I think it was once or twice where. We had guys come in, and usually, usually, they wait till you're on the field, on the pitch, before training, and they'll introduce themselves and their staff. But nowadays, it's become a lot more strategic, and I don't know. There's a presentation and the, like changing and the rooms, the locker is, rooms. The now. club has already done the work behind your back. Yeah. You know, they, this doesn't just happen. No. Right. It's like, oh, Frank Lampard's fired. Oh, here's the new match. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. They've interviewed him. They've oh, met his people. Yeah. They've, yeah. And they do it the same when, when Frank gets hired somewhere else. He's going to be having an interview with some other and coach is going to get fired somewhere else. Yeah, yeah that's, that's usually the way, Shams. It's like uh, different coaches. Some guys feel more comfortable saying their highs and stuff before the first training session. Right. Some guys like to come in a little bit earlier and go around saying hi to everyone and then we'll do a kind of speech in, in the training ground locker room. I guess it depends too on the reputation of the manager. On that Amazon Spurs show, for example, they, they, they you know, Poch leaves, in comes Jose. The, the players are kind of buzzing a little bit saying, holy crap, like Mourinho's coming here. And they knew all about him. He didn't need to introduce himself. So I think from what I remember, he, he just straight away on the, on the training field, right? Pulls some guys aside. You know, you will get to know me. Um, whereas perhaps a guy with with less less creds from a lower league or from overseas, perhaps, or, or a, fringe, a fringe player. Whenever there's a manager change, or actually any player, to be honest with you, unless you're really a star striker or something, you know, or goalkeeper. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to ask. I, I was worried, like shit. I, Jesus I, Christ. I'm going to ask because uh, Dish he played in three leagues, right? Four. Four. So, do leagues hire different for managers? Uh, I, I suppose the lower leagues is a little bit different. Uh, well, you signed a Samp with, with Ericsson, right? Strange, a yeah. world-renowned coach who'd left by the time he got there. Yeah. That's a bit of a wake-up yeah, call. Yeah, that was strange. Because he, he, he brought me in with a couple of other younger players from Portugal and France and Argentina. And by the time we actually landed in Genoa, he was gone to Lazio. And he took Mancini and a couple of other guys. I'm like, I know. You've you got some great teammates. you got Mancini yeah. there. you got, uh, wasn't Veron there at some point? Veron was there. Was he there when you were there or he, he left too? Yeah, no. Mihailovic, that's only Mihailovic. Only Mancini left with Sven. But Jeez, Deej, with all your experience, you should be a head coach somewhere. Yeah. Well, at least get an interview. Yeah, exactly. 
Doesn't count for shit. Wow, we interviewed him for Footy Prime. He got the job. Well, he was a yeah, second. He's the second, fourth guy yeah, in. Yeah. Flying colors. <laughs> That's right. We had Jimmy Brennan, Brennan lined up. But Fuck yeah. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Brennan. Yeah, he, 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 James Brennan. He, Sorry, wanted James. he wanted expenses. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted a snake. Big time. He wanted Charlie. a snake in his locker. Yeah. He just doesn't want shit. Hey, Craig, was it, was it Harry that signed company. you? Or was it? Yeah. It was Harry signed you. Yeah. Okay, so tell us your first interaction with Harry. Harry Redknapp. Uh, my first interaction with Harry was I flew up to Scotland, met, met the team, and was having dinner. I think dinner was already over, but there was a few guys hanging around. John Hartson was one of them. And uh, just chatting about various things and signing and whatnot. And, and then Tyler talking about my agent. And the deal, the agent said the club was going to pay his fees, and in the end he said he didn't. And so that meant I had to pay the fees, which was a big sum of money. When did you find that out? Well, just, yeah, just after basically I signed. You arrived there, and by the way, you still owe yeah. us. You owe us. So John's like, that's out of order. What the hell? Harry was sitting over on the other side of this restaurant. So we go over there. That was my first interaction with Harry. John Hartson going, Harry, you got to fucking talk to him. Like, what happened with this agent? John, John Hartson did this. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So then Harry said, what's the deal? What's that? And I said, well, they said the club didn't pay. And he went, yes, the club did pay the fees. Tried to double end me. Wow. Uh, going to you directly? Trying to skip your, skip, the, skip your agent and just go to you and try and get the... No. To get the <laughs> naive, naive Craig. <laughs> what? No, but the club were trying to get the money from you. Not from sorry, not from your agent or from you. Well, no, like it's well, nothing to do with the club. The club had paid the agent's fees, right? And he told me, my agent, that the club had not. So now I need to pay it, right? But they had received the money from the club, right? And if you know anything about Craig, if you want to double ender him, <laughs> you have to bring him on a trip to Cancun. <laughs> there has to be ladies from. Uh... Is that a DP or? Is yeah. it... <laughs> I, what I don't know what that is. Gam, it's gam. Yeah. So just so if anybody knows anything about Craig Forrest, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. So Harry double ended you? No, no, no. Harry didn't. Know. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was just had a vision in my mind. I know. No. I, I know he did. I know he actually did the Harry, right thing. He did the right thing. But right. just he told had this me the club image of Harry and please. you in some trist. The, a- the agent was very sneaky, aren't they? Did you fire yeah. him after that? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> So Harry was cool with it though, and, and the thing said, is, he Harry used his agent a lot, and they 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 did all sorts of deals and whatnot. But Harry was kind of like, uh, "Oh yeah, I'm not having that." Yeah, he, he's already been paid. So Harry had your back. Harry had my back. You know, and when push comes to shove, um, like even at the end, he was already gone. Like when I had testicular cancer, and then went away, did my thing. Um, he got fired in the meantime, and Glenn Rhoda came in. So Glenn Rhoda was in charge, and then I was in the middle of negotiating a contract for uh, two years. They were offering me one. I was 35 or whatever, right? And my agent, Jonathan Barnett, was like, you know, hang on. We'll, we'll get two years. We'll, we'll, we'll get that. And at that age, that's, that's, that's great, right? And then I got cancer. Then... Went back and Jonathan Barnett said, okay, under the circumstances, we'll accept the one-year offer and I'll go for two and you can prove his fitness and whatnot. And they, Glenn Rhoda said, the offer's not on the table. 
So it was like, oh. So basically, take your one nut. <laughs> Get to step in with <laughs> your one that nut. That is horrendous though, right? <laughs> and, and, and no uh, testimonial. No, no testimonial. Oh, I mean, a lot of that had to do with, to see, your agent. Because you can't actually personally do it because of tax reasons and stuff. You actually have to have somebody else do this, do the work for you. A testimonial. Yeah, so right. put things together and whatnot. And but still, given the years that you were there and, and what you went through, you think well, that would have been... Well, it took a little bit of effort from clubs like Ipswich and West Ham, uh, who did actually have some conversations um, about something, but... Then it just kind of, they just, you know, just disappeared, which was really disappointing, obviously, because I was at Ipswich for 13 years and I was supposed to get a testimonial after 10 anyway. You know, so, Did you ever uh, talk to Harry afterwards? Pardon? Did you speak to Harry afterwards at all, ever? About, you know, just since um, he, he moved on, obviously, to other clubs, did you ever think about approaching Harry and saying, listen, oh, I, I give me a year? Oh, about giving, no. At that point. Well, well no, because he was. Or he went down was to Portsmouth? Was it Portsmouth, right? Yeah. 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 I saw him. I went down and saw him and had a visit with him at Portsmouth when he was down there. Peter Story was down there too. He was obviously running West Ham at the time hmm. as well. Yeah. Quite a West Ham connection with John Lyle, obviously, at Ipswich too, which he was a legend, absolute fantastic human being. Mm-hmm. How else did you get fucked over? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's, there's been a few times. A well, few you did times. sell your soul, in fairness. Exactly, right? that's what I mean. I think they, yeah, they said they're gonna fuck with me. Did you your first memories of meeting uh, Gary Maxon? What? <laughs> hey, did you like that? I sent you that video of Gary Maxon. That was OG. a cracking on goal. I was playing on that game. He was, yeah, cracking on goal. What a header! It was. Corner, in the wrong side as well, in a derby in. as well. Yeah, lovely. That's why I guess it made the Twitter Twitter verse because Ipswich posting it back back in the day. Players rarely spoke with the head coach or the manager before like signing. The agents basically done their groundwork with the club and spoke about wages, bada bada bing, and then once it was finally signed, you would go up and meet the, the head coach or the manager then. But things have changed a lot now. But so you walked in cold though. Like you knew you, you met the manager, you didn't meet the manager. No, didn't meet the manager. So you walk in cold to these players too, the manage the yeah. management and the players. Yep. Without any that's So you know, it was intimidating. Funny. So it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I joined West Brom, I joined them on loan, first of all, from Sunderland. And I remember it vividly. Uh, Jason Roberts was there, and he was a London boy. Um, and there was a couple of other guys that I knew just through playing against them. So I still haven't met the, the head coach, Megson. And, um, so he was, how many days in are you? Like this? Oh, no, this is it, first day. Okay, so first So I've got day. my training kit on. I'm going out onto the training field. <laughs> but you, Still haven't you, met the head coach. Have you met the Cats in the locker room? I've met the cats in a locker room, yeah. but then like you have to go through your medicals and whatever stuff back in those days, your medicals were sometimes done in the training ground as well. So I'm going out on the field and I'm, I'm hearing, Deej, Deej, what the fuck have you done? You're going to fucking hate it here. Deej, go back to Sunderland. Don't sign on. It's a fucking prison camp here. 
And I'm going, oh my God, like, because these are guys that I trust as well, guys that I had banter with during games or they've been to my, like, <laughs> my, so, de- my DJ so nights. I'm so I'm going, fuck, is it really this bad? And then after the first training session, I was like, holy shit, they're right. This guy's a lunatic. We used to do a training session, I told you before, called Murder Ball, where you just had to win the ball back and then boot it out and just run around like headless chickens trying to win the ball. But like on, on match day, I think when I was on loan, I scored like four goals in in six games. So they obviously wanted to make it permanent. I'm going, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I was meant to go to Crystal Palace so the family had moved all the way back down to London. Palace fell through because Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce got the sack. So now my agent's going, oh, I've got to get you an, another loan or, or move. I said, it has to be somewhere south. So he came back to me. He said, the, the southest I can get you is Birmingham. I said, Birmingham's a fucking two-hour drive from London. He's on. Well, the other ones are like Sheffield, Yorkshire. I'm like, no, I've just bought a house in London because I thought I was going to Palace. So he's going to, the best so I can do is... Preston come into the office? No, no, so that was after. So West oh. Brom, yeah. So West Brom are like, we really want to sign you. Like, we've we've um, agreed on a deal with Sunderland for one and a half million. Um, the wages are here. This is your bonus, bada, bada, bing. I've gone, oh my God, I'm going to have to do the commute. I'm going to have to do the commute. But more dread, dread, dreadingly, I had to fucking sign with Megson. <laughs> I could do the commute all day. But working with that guy. Was it a two-hour drive to training? Well, the thing is, because you've got to be in for 9.30, 10 o'clock, great. Coming out of Russia. London, the M25, you had to leave at 7. So did you? Yeah. I did it like so two. So you did the commute? Two or three days a week, I would do the commute there and back. And then couple of days I would stay up in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did the compute, commute uh, from Ipswich to West Ham for the five years I was there. Worst decision of my yeah. life. And that was how long, the drive? Uh, it was 63 miles to the training session, or training ground, and then, which was better than Upton Park, because Upton Park, you had to go around the M25, and then cut in and then who knows what the hell could be happening inside London. <laughs> the traffic is just a disaster. Yeah, no, that, that. And you had to, you couldn't be late. They didn't mind where you no. lived, but you couldn't be late. So, yeah, you always left. And Richard Hall was an Ipswich boy. He had just signed for West Ham. He goes, Oh, yeah, stay in Ipswich. I'm going to stay here. I'm, I'm going to commute. <laughs> well, you had a career ender after three years or two oh, years. Oh, God. So, you so then I was by myself. Man, we had some trips going down there. We were like, No chance we're going to make it on time. For games or practice? No, 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 no. For games, you'd, oh, Christ, you'd leave games, hours yeah. early. You'd games, you'd get fined, like, literally a week's wages. Well, could you imagine? Did that ever happen to a teammate? Like, late for a match? Yeah. Couldn't. Yeah? Ooh. Plenty of time. Who? You won't know who these guys are. Jesus. Millwall, it happened a lot. Well, Because <laughs> guys were, South London, so guys were just living all around the place. And it was a horrible place to get to. London's traffic is like LA's times 10 on like extremely small streets and but na- nowadays in the Prem at least you'll 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 stay in a hotel the night yeah, before no matter what, what right that's, that's why, why managers do it yeah it would literally like we could get on a on the bus on the coach and we're heading to could be 
Stamford Bridge or got the cottage or, or QPR or anything and literally take an hour and a half, two hours. Of, what are the consequences? Like, well, you know, you just, you just, you're there early. Okay, but you're late for a practice because you didn't miss games. What are the consequences? Uh, you know, I don't think we were ever late. And then I was saying one time we were down, we were definitely weren't going to make it. There was something going on uh, down the A12 and Holly was driving and there was a little gap through this fence into this farm and it was like a potato like field and it's just like didn't even say they just said and just turned and we went past one of those chippies you know those chippy vans on the side of those rest places in england through this little gap into the field and we just he just gave her and we were hopping and he just didn't stop and if he did we would have just ground to a halt and just mud we just kept going until we hit some road and Headed south and what car were you driving? Oh, it was a cl- it was a club car. car. Was it the club car that Danny it was, had? Yeah, no, it was Tim a- and Claire were embarrassed when uh, he went down. Well, it wasn't the best. It was it was a candy apple red Ford Mondeo Ooh, club car. Sexy. Yeah, it was a club it's car. A, what's a Mondeo? Uh, oh, they didn't have Ford. Mondeos here, Craig. No, no, they don't. So no. would it have been a Taurus. Yeah, something like that. Ford Taurus. Yeah, like a saloon, right? Yeah. yeah. So this thing's all like just damaged. And then I was driving up. I had it for a few years. Then when I was driving down the M25 once to go to the Swallow to meet the team, because that was a hotel just off the M25 we'd meet at to head off to wherever from there. And this Dutch semi driver truck, he, so he's sitting on the opposite side, obviously, right? And we're on the M25. And I was actually on the phone <laughs> I shouldn't be on the phone but I was on the phone passing this guy and I noticed he was pulling out and he's gonna he's gonna hit me and this thing was so gutless put the gas down it was like one of those delays you know and it was too late he hit me and he just turned me around and I was just circling around <laughs> and around in front of him every time I was like turn around going holy shit that I didn't flip I just kept turning around big dent in the back so we come to the halt, blah, blah, blah. I get his details, whatever. I'm just like, what the, f-? like, unbelievable event. Best orgasm but, but you, ever. Yeah. But you got there. <laughs> yeah. But you got there on time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got there on time. <laughs> and he trained? Huh? And he trained fine? Oh, this was just going to a game. Oh, well, yeah. just a, just a, a game a, then. It was a Friday. Yeah, we're meeting at the hotel to head up to so somewhere. We, if you want to talk about consequences, this is Megson again. Okay. So now you know I'm commuting, right? Commuting up from London. I'm fucking leaving when the cows are still sleeping. By yourself? By myself. So I live near a farm as well. So getting up like... I'm not a good morning person anyway. But (laughs) getting up at like 6.30 in the morning. late person. (laughs) 4 o'clock. Or lunch. I was not a a person. (laughs) 10 to 11 is great. Where you got to get them before five, but in between four fifty-eight. <laughs> and if you get them at four fifty-nine, it's that short window. It's a, it's a very short window. <laughs> so anyway, I'm getting in my car around seven o'clock to get to training in Birmingham for like ten o'clock. This is a an, on a good day. I could do it in an hour and forty-five. But you got to be sure. Like the M25 is like, is yeah, diabolical. They made it too small. Yeah, before they finished. I it. Know, it's just a horrible road. I hate that road. So anyway, 
Been doing it for about five months, six months. We're going for a little bit of a bad patch, the team. So Mixon started to be a little bit offish with me. He's just chipping away and doing stuff. So one day, I there was major, major accident on the road. And I turned up like a minute late. A minute late. 10 o'clock we're meant to arrive for 11 o'clock training. 10.01 or 10.02, whatever it was, come in the training ground. Okay, no problems. Get in, get my gear on, stuff like that. Pissed off because I've been sat in traffic for three hours. And that's not good to be in traffic, sitting down for three hours in preparation for a training session. But again, I'll take that on the chin because that's my decision to live in London with my family. The next day I turn up, go to put my kit and on, on my towel and on my kit, there's an envelope. So I open the envelope. Oh, you know, a little fine. You've been fined 25% of your weekly wage for being late to training. 458. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone, which mother? Like, so I speak to the boys and the boys are like, no, no one would like grass you up, do that. I was going, fuck, like, the fuck is this? Week later, happens again. I'm a minute late, a minute late this time, literally speeding into the thing. There was an accident on the M25, wherever it was. Next day, envelope, 50% of your weekly wage has been done. Oh, he's making friends fast. So I go in and see him now. I go, Gaffer, can I speak to you? He's like, yeah. He's like, uh, who's, who's seeing that I'm late like because I'm turning up I'm on the training field at the exact time I'm in team meetings and stuff like that he said well it's just been noted that you, you're late for the, re- the report time so I'm going who's, who's doing that he said don't worry about that like I just know so I'm going so you think I want to fucking run around for you on a Saturday when you're being very petty like this he's like well you shouldn't be living in London like I've told you my situation what happened and why I came here and did well for you, got you promoted with a bang average team. He's like, I don't care about that. So anyway, <laughs> we've, we've we've kind of fallen out. Four fifty nine. No, this is when he gets happy. Gone back out of the room. So I've gone. You know what? I'm going to turn up extra early this time because I want to see you with the fucking grasses. So I've turned up early and I've. Like parked my car and just sat in my car a little bit lower, put my seat back. And who do I see? I see our physio coming out. His name was Nick. I fucking hated Nick. <laughs> Someone else, Danny Dickio hates. <laughs> but this put guy, it, put it in the journal. Nick the Nick physio, the physio. <laughs> came out to the car park, Craig. Got on knees. And went between two cars, and he had a journal and a piece of paper like this. He was marking players that were turning, reporting late into the car park. And that's thus why he was called Nick the Knife, because he used to fucking knife people. (laughs) So I had it out with him. I said, so you're grassing people up for the gaffer, reporting people late, taking money off of them, huh? He's like, uh, no. I said, I fucking saw you. I said, do you want me to, like, 
actually show you photo evidence because I took pictures of you. <laughs> he went, well, it's just a gaffer. The gaffer asked me to do that because he wants everyone reporting on time. I went, you should be fucking treating players in the physio room, in the medical room. Not out hiding between cars, <laughs> reporting to the gaffer, goody two-shoes. So that was the end of me and him as well. <laughs> how did you approach him? How did you approach How did you approach him? Who? Nick the Knife? Yeah. I fucking went straight up to him. I said, NN, <laughs> I'm going to have... Is is there a longer list each of people that you liked in the game or that you disliked in the game? <laughs> good most question. Are, most are good. <laughs> most are good, right? Yeah. 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 Most were good. There weren't that many Nick the Knives. Did Nick the Knife um, travel around with Mexican job to job? They don't last long. They don't no, last he didn't long. actually, and that was that was the problem. He done a, he lost all respect with the players after he there did that go. to me. Mexican lost all respect with with me as well. Because he basically binned me with the the youth team, me and Jason Roberts. He binned us. Really? So we were training with the youth team. And it was actually brilliant because at West Brom, we only had two or three training grounds. But two or three. The first team would be training or getting ready to train. And me and Robbo would walk straight through the training session just to wind him up. And the boys are like, here comes Deech. Walk in the green mile. <laughs> Here goes Robo. Walk in the green mile. Awesome. Play. And then you know what it was? This was this was the this was the worst thing for me. So after that episode where I went in to see Mexican, there's, there's there's plenty of other stuff as well where yeah. I had my auntie and my uncle die within the first sorry, probably within six weeks of each other. So obviously, being in Birmingham, I had to take a day off to go to the funerals. On the second one, when I went into the team meeting, I said, Gaffer, um, I'm going to need to take Tuesday off because it's my uncle's funeral. And he kind of sighed. And he was with his staff. And he went, oh. Not again. He said it when I left the room. He said, no. He said, I've never had, I heard him say, I've never had someone that had so many deaths in their family. What a dick and i heard him so i turned around i said i said what did you just say he went oh nothing so that was episode two the last episode now they've gone on an, uh like a a really bad run we got into the premier league he's been me and with the youth team and uh they haven't won in like seven games so you're thinking you might get a chance <laughs> so no so i'm trying to get out of there i'm like I need to get back down to London. I need to get away from this guy. So anyway, he uh, he hasn't spoken to me in like four or five weeks. So then um, I get my agent gets a phone call. And he says uh, the gaffer wants to meet you, and he's uh, at the ground at like seven o'clock in the morning on Monday. So I've got seven o'clock in the morning. He knows that I live in London. So all right, I'll come and stay the night in Birmingham. This is going to be interesting. So I get in the room. I'm like. Just go, please, just let me go. Let go, t- tell me to just f off and I'll I'll go. <laughs> so he gets me in the room. He goes, ah, Dickio. He says, I don't like you. You don't like me. It's pretty apparent. <laughs> but I've just gone. You know what? I'm going to be trying to be calm and very conservative. So he said, you've obviously seen the results. Says the president, the owners told me I don't want to be paying Dickio to be sitting in a sun lounger 
with a nice martini and a cigar on the beach when we need strikers in the team to score goals. So it's not my choice, but you're back in the team this weekend. What a man manager. <laughs> Jesus. So I've gone, actually, Gaff, I'm not. My fucking back hurts, so you can fuck off. <laughs> so two weeks, I was there on the medical bed like that. Oh, you want to play games with me, Nick the Knife and Mego? Did you make it get like show up for treatment like early? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. Eight, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, just to screw with you. Yeah. yeah, but that that was just talking about consequences. That guy, he made it personal. Yeah. Personal. Can't do that. You know what you do when it's personal? You have footy picks. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. On footy. Oh my god, he just died. Like he, he, he just died. <laughs> and my microphone came back. Oh, he came back with it. Yeah. Well, it's minus 15 out right now. I know, now. it's freaking cold here. My feet. My feet. not always work. Yeah, my toes too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. That uncomfortable. My toes are like little yeah, blocks crazy. of ice right now. So, so midweek, we're fucking... doing midweek games, fellas, because we're doing it on a Friday night, and it's minus fifteen out. So first game. What do you mean? It's game tomorrow. Yeah, oh, but yeah, by the, the time people get this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. West Ham versus Liverpool. This Ooh, is a Sunday it's game. The Forest Shaman Derby. Yeah. West Ham, it's it been up. a great story so far. They're playing great football, but the Reds have just bounced back, smack Spurs. What do you think, Greg? West Ham. Give me a course. Give me points. Two to one. Oh, you going for the home team, eh? Oh, the Hammers are just. What do you make of uh, the Hammers signing Jesse Lingard? Redemption. I think it's a bad signing. Why is that? Because it's four fifty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> he has one good thing to say. He's saving <laughs> it for later. Four fifty-nine. Why is it a bad signing? The I guy's got, got a lot of talent. I think they've got a nice little groove going on at West Ham at the moment. They've got t- uh, players fighting for, for spots. They've got a nice eight or nine regular players that are the, the core of the team. And I know you have to bring players in to improve the squad when you're on a high level. That's that's a really, really big thing that, that I agree with. But I just think he's the wrong person. Maybe he needs a lift. Maybe he needs to show his value because... In the last two years, he hasn't been close to being a Man United regular. Does it matter just getting a body in? Maybe, but it's going to be big money, wages, not so much a transfer fee. So, Dick, West Ham, Liverpool. Liverpool looked good the other night against Spurs. I think the honeymoon is over in front of goal for the threesome. Mane, Salah and Firmino, they're looking good again. Henderson's back. Liverpool win. Two nil. Two nil. How do you feel about that? I like it. Charms is. I'm a big supporter of that. Charms just got a Woody over there. No one. If it wasn't so fucking cold, I probably would. But uh, there's nothing stirring right now. It's very cold here. (laughs) No matter what, it would be quite tiny, quite emasculating. All right, uh, next up. Man. Jeez. Which man is it? <laughs> Jeez, I, I wrote this down and now I can't say it. Is it Man City versus uh, Southampton? Or Man United versus I think Man U's playing Arsenal, aren't they? 
So I think it's Man no, City. That's, that's on Sunday. Oh, that's right. This is midweek. It's midweek. Well, Sorry, you, if you spend less time researching... Um, uh, come on. I tried my best. <laughs> but my best. Mike, anyways. So do we know? Well, Man U or Man City against Southampton? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big difference. Or it could be know. just a man against Southampton. Um, We're going to find it. So Southampton play Villa on Saturday. It's Man U. All right, United against Southampton. Yes, and that's... Southampton was playing great. Can't say Man U. I can say anything I want. I have oh, no yes, idea. it's offensive, right? Mm-hmm. What load of bollocks that is, by the way. <laughs> you know, I never heard that. Only over here. Heard, yeah, I never heard that in England. So, so it in, in England, you call Man U, Man U, Man U, Man U. It's, it's not offensive, right? And then you come over here and you say Man U, and there's a small group of people who say that. It comes from the, the Munich air disaster when um, I think Liverpool fans began calling them manure, as in manure. Um, as in the dead from the disaster. It's it's such a stretch. It's horrible. And that's why you can't say man you. I've never in my life heard that before until I moved here. Have you heard that before, Deej? No. No. I think it's bullshit. Never heard it. No. No, they're either man you, United. Yeah. Like City or City, Man City. Yeah. So we can say man you. And I made a point of always saying it even on TV just to so upset man these people. you versus Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. A lot of United fans in Canada. Yeah, United fans. Deke, you go first. I'm going for a draw here. Ooh. Got points? 1-1. One, one. Is United can come back down to earth a little bit? Bad result last time out? Yeah, but they were a little bit disappointed against Sheffield United. Although there was a couple of refereeing decisions that I thought were poor. Craig, on the goalkeeper. De Gea gets a little shove for the first goal. And then um, Maguire scores a goal just for jumping with the keeper. It wasn't Maguire that scored, but he was jumping with the keeper and it landed to I should know this. It landed to a United player who put it in the back of the net and the referee blew for a foul. It was it was a poor decision, but United did not play very well. I don't think they deserve to lose, but credit to Sheffield United. They're on a little bit of a bubble. I think it's too late though, isn't it? United Southampton. One one. How many points has United Sheffield United got now? Five. No, they're still in eight, dire straits. Eight, eight. Yeah, I hope they do nothing to get out. I do. Craig, um, that'd be something. Uh, United, I'm, sorry. Yeah, I'm taking, Man U. I'm taking Man United. <laughs> and what do you got? Three one. Jeez. Some pots. People are going to put it in the net. That's right. right. That's fun. So a good side Deep here. in the week, Tottenham, Chelsea. Ooh, this is a nice one. That's why. No Kane for Spurs. Yeah. Could be out for a while. At time of taping, we're not sure how long. Mm-hmm. Thomas Tuchel. I'm, I'm going, going Chelsea draw. here. I'm going draw 1-1. One, one. Chelsea. Count? I think, I think Chelsea. They're gonna, yeah, I think they're going to find their groove. Is that going to put pressure on Jose? Is he under yeah, pressure? I think he's under pressure now. Wow. Well, they're but in six right now, right? They're in six, and yeah. they're in both. I think they're in three cups still. The Europa, both FA Cup and League Cup. But I don't know. Like You're spending that money, and you bring in Mourinho. You want him to challenge for the title. If he wins cups, are Spurs fans happy at last? Because they're, they're picking up trophies. Mm-hmm. I know the Spurs fans that I've spoken to, are not happy with the actual style of play. Of course they're not. Can't be, right? 
but it's okay when you're winning. Yes, we spoke earlier this season when they're in first place. Exactly, brilliant. Yeah, you can kind of sweep under. Chelsea had that season, I think, with Mourinho when they conceded with like fifteen or something. Yeah, it was awful to watch, but successful. Okay, what what do you got for a score? Chelsea, because that's a big pick. One nil. One nil. Kind of one nil. Gregor. One one. Going for the draw. I'm going for the draw. Nice. Wong. Nice. Well, we know what time that is. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. On footy prime. We should take this just when Deech leaves us. And eventually, we still have that. <laughs> He's going to cough. He is the first to die amongst us. Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. We I think we. Deadpool. Didn't we agree with that? I think we agreed on that last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah Deech would be the first person. I'd be the first guy. Yeah. Why? Give me the reason. Well, he could be a death row. Yeah. After killing someone. No, I think he'd be the first brain dead. Yeah. A brain? Yeah, yeah, right. The old CTA. He said I was. It's going to be you and he. These guys are throwing out you and I first. Yeah, Deech, he'd be, be drinking out of a straw. Yeah. Eating out of a straw. Although in, in, in Wonga's case, it could be like some old, old ex-girlfriend's husband or something. Dude, people hate me. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Dan's Adventures. But strangely no, enough, not Vicky, though. He's, he's got the, uh, <laughs> Dan's got the East Coast dinner jacket on tonight. Oh, dude, I I found a new look. It's the it's the half-Asian hoser. <laughs> it's cool. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. My hair is raggedy. You look so Canadian. I haven't... I haven't washed my undies in a while. Really? It's, I yeah. don't care. Actually, I think I think JC looks most Canadian here right now. He's got the toque on. He's got the uh, the reddish beard, which for some reason I don't. Know, I think looks Canadian. He's got the scarf on. Yeah, he he's all puffy like and stuff. And Jack. Yeah, lumberjacky. Without the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I swear, very I, Canadian. I swear I just saw a polar bear walk past that garage there. <sighs> it was Seriously. nice that JC hung around. For Have we checked the uh, the temperature right now? It is it's, be um, minus fucking cold. It's Baltic. It is yeah. cold outside right now. Well, yeah. anything like a, at our feet is... Dude, I want a rat to come and cuddle me right now. Mm-hmm. It's a couple of penguins under your yeah, sofa there. Should get, nick the knife in to curl up in your feet. <laughs> I hope he's out of the, the stories. Job. I hope <laughs> he's on I the dole. Stories. The stories are the best. I hope he's on the dole somewhere, that killer. That guy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that guy is like the president of a club now. That's yeah, maybe, no, no chance. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he went after West Brom. I don't think he continued in physio. I think he went to, back to a hospital or somewhere. Remember we had Alex McKechnie of the Raptors on here from Scotland originally and came through Leeds and national team, soccer team, everything else. Um, Lakers, Lakers. Lakers for 10 years. Raptors. Five rings, whatnot. He made it, he actually said that, which makes a very good point, before they sign a club, signs a player, you are working for the club. You're going to do in the what's in the best interest of the club. So if that player is got a bad knee or something that or hip or back or something that's not going to hold up, in his opinion or the opinion of him, he he's working for the club. We're not going to sign that player. Once they sign the player, he is then working for the player. And that's the way it has to be. Yeah, so, so you, the, the you tell the coach he can't that. play because he's got a bad knee. Yeah, and, and his decision yeah. is is the decision that has been made. And if he's not healthy to play, then he's not going to play. And you're not going to force him to play. And that's just you know that's kind of the way it has to be. 
which is very, very, which actually makes complete sense. But we should do a whole show on uh, that side of sport, the the medical side of sports. Get physios, yeah. therapists. You know, there was another one where it made a good point where in a lot of clubs in the NBA, anyway, they give bonuses at the end of the year, and the players usually have a whip around, and they'll give out whatever to staff, yeah. assistant staff, physio staff, yeah. whatever. But that would be all determined on how the players like you. Yes, that's right. Well, it should be irrelevant because the assistant should be then working for their head. Correct. Instead of trying to be the friend of a player because you might get a better, bigger bonus at the end of the year. We should have whip rounds for... Um like the kit man, the equipment guys, or the masseurs. How those. much money would you raise? I mean, was it was it good for them? <laughs> pretty Decent? good. Like, it was just to tidy them over for Christmas. Like, like a, what, a few hundred? Yeah, I would say more than that, because you would have to pay your apprentice as well. You'd give, oh, you would, give yeah. him like a, a nifty, like 50. But that's that's done now, right? There's no more of that, is there? I, I, I really don't know. Yeah. Like, but as far as apprentices? Because no? apprentices don't really it would, it look after be, boots no more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but it'll be, yeah, it'll be staff. It'll be somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But these clubs have such huge staffs now. Yeah. Like compared to when, when we played where you just had yeah. physio, head coach, an assistant. And you, you, Even you, the kit man's got assistants now, right? You posted an article on Twitter the other day about there's a, a documentary or something coming out about what about the ninety nine point nine 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 yeah zero percent. out of the shadows or saying it was called yeah about right. younger players chasing shadows and just the the chances and the like of making it what was it zero point zero zero one two or something of a percent and these kids at least when we played you had some discipline because you had jobs to do and whether it's cleaning the toilets or boots or stands or we did it all right and he's got rotated you did all that shit kit yeah there's a great and it was cheap labor for them but it was life skills for us but it was life skills yeah there's a great book called bring in the heat it's about the uh philadelphia eagles in i think 96 97 the buddy ryan era anyway um maybe 92 93 right around that era and uh in one of the chapters, chapters is about the pyramid in u.s sports about the nfl and then you, the pyramid that goes down to when kids start first start playing football, and just what percentage actually make it, and it's probably greater in football because there's more kids playing football than than American football. But it's just amazing. It's just staggering how many kids play and then how many actually make it to the top. Yeah, dude, I should have been a curler. <laughs> I can I can curl. What if I would have? But think about the pyramid there. Think about the pyramid and curling. Yeah, it's enormous too. What do you mean? Yeah. Curl pints. Start, start cigarette smoking. Curl your hair. What? Start drink. There are curlers who are gunned at those like World Cup. Oh, tournaments. they are big drinkers. Like literally, I like curlers. Have, like they drink their faces off. They drink their faces off, and they curl, and they get paid for it. It's fantastic. Yeah, tough gig. Yeah, Tough we, gig. We should, um, we should probably call it quits, I suppose, right? Yeah, if there's yeah. anything else we want to talk we've, about. We've, oh, we've, we we've, forgot about, there was a couple, uh, we talked to, to the, we asked people what questions they had. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. But Do you have some? One of them was, because we were, it's minus 12 right now, minus 11 actually. Uh, coldest place you guys ever played. That was one of the big questions that came out. Well, coldest place. It's a, it's, a, it's a different, yeah, it's a different weather here, guys. I'm telling you. No, no, but 
think of that rain. I know we've talked about well, the worst before. conditions. Yeah. yeah, we had a hailstorm <laughs> in in Portsmouth. That's the only time the weather ever stopped the game for me. And they were like, it was like that freak, you know, golf ball size, like hurt, wrecked cars, and like it was windy, like it was a gale. The- yeah, exactly, dents in cars, and it was gale force, like absolute gale force. We were, I mean, I was taking goal kicks, and the referee was telling me to hurry up, and I was like, well, I can't stop the ball from moving, like it's rolling all the time. Yeah, and he's like, just just hit it. So I would th- put the ball, I would throw the ball out sort of like 10 yards and wait till it got in the six to hit the kick and it would just go straight up it was like and the, I think our defenders were defending it on the top of the box <laughs> like a boomerang <laughs> they were like they were like hitting it on the top of the box it was just unbelievable and then the hail started coming and then the referee just blew the whistle and just everybody just sprinted off dish yeah. as I said like in England the weather is, is different because it's like a damp cold in England where here is like a dry cold, like if it's your sunny, bones more, doesn't it? Your yeah, joints more. If it's sunny and and it's cold outside, I don't mind it. I'll go for a walk and whatever. But if it's windy and it brings that temperature down to like a minus twenty, minus twenty five, I would hate to play in that. But the coldest game I ever went to was Toronto SC. Or- I was going to say the MS Cup final. Yeah, that was a cold. It was day. awful. Colorado, Holy Dallas. Shit, was that cold? That was cold. Dude, oh. Even when we gave away tickets on in March mm-hmm. last year. Year before last, wasn't it? No, no last year. Last, last year, year, yeah. Was it March? Yeah, we were outside having drinks before COVID. We just before COVID. It was. was it? it was about. Three it was degrees. cold. Yeah. Oh, it's down, you know? down there. It was it's, not it's, it's, warm. The, that location of BMO is is well the mistake I mean, by the lake. Yeah, we we'll go back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the mistake by the lake. You go back even to when the Blue Jays played there. It was oh, a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, Didn't it yeah. snow on their very first it game? It did. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's so snow at a baseball right? game. The Jesus, I went down there even to call a game. And sitting in that with the windows open in that stadium, thinking, "Holy Christ!" Like, yeah, eating. And I, I left eating home. Cold it was fine. macaroni I was from the freezing, just sitting there freezing. Dude. Would you rather play though in, in like? Oh, Jesus Christ! I'd rather put, okay. I'd rather play in cold than heat. I was going to say you would, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think uh, I'd rather play in, in, in heat. I know, yeah, it's crazy, but yeah. it's more dangerous. That's okay, for sure. We got one more thing to hit. Was uh, our boy Charms? He's got a new pie coming out. Which oh yeah! Pie. Well, just it? just this week only for the Super Bowl. Yeah, chili cheese. Nice. Tell mm-hmm. you what, it's it's oh, pre- really? it's life changing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's not a, a forever thing. Nope. No. Well, if it sells like crazy, it might be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tester yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Before the Super Bowl. Yeah, and just, and the other thing about Charms, he threw out a uh, Steve Caldwell versus Danny Dicchio in a cage match. Yeah, and <laughs> I so, saw that. Yeah, yeah. Came the elbow and the ask, clinch. We've got, the clinch and the elbow, Dicchio, isn't it? We got Dicchio here. Stevie, Stevie would be up for it, I think. Okay, if you so give him a few beers in him. He's a bigger, he's like a thick dude, right? Yeah, yeah. How in your, if you had to get get to this. In a fight, who'd win? Not not how would you win? You know what, truly? With a thick guy. It'd be a good they're, fight, they're, I think. They're actually two very nice people. Oh, my God. Well, well, Stevie is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. That fight right. might be coming towards you, Sean. It might be. I wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> I'll that take much. Deech. Get the gloves on. I'll, I'll drop the gloves. I'll take charms anytime. Yeah, I'll fight charms anytime. yeah. Just doing. Get it in the back of a pickup truck. His Deech has trouble. His, he, like, his hips are shot. Run around the truck. It'd be, it'd be like Logan Paul versus Nate Robinson. Yeah. 
and you're Nate Robinson. Oh, Jesus, Luke and Paul, that's right. <laughs> that, that was the worst fight I've ever seen in my life. Nate Robinson, like, he must, has he ever trained before? I don't, I don't think he's come back from that. No one's seen no. him since he's Dude, that's embarrassing. face on the canvas. He's he no a clue. football player and a basketball yeah, player. Yeah, he's a great athlete. You can tell. He's a great, great athlete. athlete but you got, and he trained for months, apparently, he, for this he fight. He should not have been fighting. Like, Logan Paul, or, he's like 100 and 200 pounds. Yeah. But regardless, just the way he, he ran at the guy like windmilling <laughs> and didn't stand a chance. It was pathetic. Like Bart, Bart and Lisa. How long did it last for? Yeah, exactly. How long did it last for? Uh, it two rounds. Two rounds, right? Have you two not rounds. seen this? you got to no. see it on YouTube. It's the funniest thing. Really? He gets absolutely smoked. By a freaking YouTube star, for God's sake. And he was a wrestler at university. Yeah, he's fit. And he's, he's got some decent technique. But if you're but, an NCAA I mean, wrestler, you're like wrestling in the States is like a whole... It's it's like I don't know tikka masala in England. I don't know. Yeah, it's very popular. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like it's like when it's like Deitch goes. So, uh, it's very, very popular. popular. Very popular indeed. Very and popular. You got to be a good wrestler. You have to have wrestling skills, definitely in MMA. Well, Logan Paul's called out McGregor. Well, well McGregor. given his recent McGregor, history, yeah, McGregor, he, made it, yeah, he got he got absolutely sweated last week as well. Yeah. That didn't. Uh, I don't think I, they were too happy Boy. with that. Really, overall, the the business guys on no. the side. Yes, yeah, true. They get to have the third fight though. So yes, they may be. Poirier versus McGregor, third fight. It's one one, yeah. But I mean, Dana White said it best. I forget the exact quote. He goes, "It's, it's tough to be hungry when from your three hundred foot yacht." Right, when you're not fighting for anything, you have so much money, you have everything you can imagine in life. To have that ruthlessness, Why that killer instinct, is my question. Why would you bother? Because you can't stay away from the spotlight. You're Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, Sugar Ray, by the way, is a dreadful color commentator on boxing. Have you heard him? I love Sugar Ray. Right, what a what a fucking no, genius I like fighter. Him. I didn't like him. I was a that was a Duran guy. Duran, were you? I was yeah. but he's just Durant. awful on the uh, when he's doing. Sitting beside my mate Mora Ranella on the fights. Mora's on HBO. Yeah, and Showtime. I think Showtime on HBO. Is it on DAZN? Like, who's picking it up? Uh, I can't remember now. Be honest did, with you. Did you, hear, did you hear when Snoop Dogg done the commentary? On yeah, Boston? I saw that. Yeah, it's quite funny I think, actually. Was it for Logan Paul, it was Sir Tyson. It was Tyson, oh, and, and, Tyson? but Logan yes. Paul was on the. Um, he was really good, right? Yeah, Snoop Dogg was really good. He was good. Yeah, yeah. First heard, round, one of his comments was like. He's like these guys, like they, they weren't hitting each other. They were just dancing yeah. around. And then and the two and uncles, they, uncles at the yeah. barbecue. Or <laughs> Damn, there's like two of my uncles fighting at the barbecue. There's no technical style. <laughs> but he was really good. It was just, it was, it was refreshing to hear someone. Yeah, because that's what you're thinking at home. Yeah. You're like, look at these guys. <laughs> Twats. <laughs> two uncles fighting. <laughs> All right, well, listen, we should uh, say goodnight and goodbye, and we'll see you in the morning. Uh, we have another extra. I'm very happy about this. We've got intros and extras from JC. So, JC, take it away. I'm sorry that I show up a little bit later than I was supposed to. It's me, Nigel Cunningham, Biotomy the Third. And I must say, I've been outside the whole time and... No one opened the door for me to come inside, but I was able to survive off of the residual urine which was deposited outside of the door. Anyway, from what I gather, the men did a wonderful job of all the speakings of 
men and running and such and and I don't believe I heard any rumblings of women, which is fine by me. But I hope you all enjoyed the program, the footies, primings and such and whatnot. And next week I promise I will wear trousers instead of the the debauchery of whatever this kilt type of garment is which I am wearing at the moment. So carry on, do your thing and remember uh, another sheriff!